Hi, this is Ricky Stewart, and if you want to listen to a Raiders podcast, then you should listen to the official one, Behind the Limelight, with Raider Nick. Not this rubbish, with Flaky Blakey. Hello and welcome to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And this is the third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet, coming to you with the dubious sponsorship of the Greenhouse Fan Forum, the most popular fan forum on the internet. They said we didn't give them a shout out last. We shouted out everything except for, I think we didn't specifically shout out Greenhouse Live, so. Didn't we? Greenhouse Live. Uh, go, go, yeah, Sean Ferrari's there doing his thing. Behind the Greenhouse, behind yeah. the Green Door. Yeah. <laughs> Trust uh, me, we give you all the love. Through green eyes, column, yeah, yeah. all of it. Oh, we endorse all of it. We do. We endorse all of it. We do. We do. Also, with the cash money sponsorship of Landspeed Records, come in and buy your LPs, your CDs, your clothing, your posters, your multiple packs. New, new initiative through the week as well. You've now you've launched the Landspeed uh, Man of the Match. Oh, yes. The Landspeed, Landspeed Man, Man of the Match, of so, course. And the winner of Landspeed Man of the Match last week, of course, was Dynamis Lewis. Yes, so Dynamis, if you're listening, there's a $10 voucher uh, under the counter under your name, so come in and pick it up. Just come in and show your ID. <laughs> <laughs> um, coming to you from the filthiest storeroom hidden somewhere in the bowels of Civic, the location of which we shall never reveal, shall we, Blake? No. No. No, we won't. No. So, the Rabbitohs. The Rabbitohs game. Um, another, another week, another... You know, hard, extremely hard fought, mm. vital win. Another great, great performance for the team in, you know, again, trying circumstances, awful conditions. Yeah. Uh, both teams, you know, it wasn't, people say it wasn't a good match, but I, I disagree. I think it was a very good match. It was scrappy at times, but that was partially down to desperation of both teams and also the conditions and mm. injuries to both teams. And yeah. Obviously, yeah, it was, it was that when we finally, you know, it was one of those games you couldn't relax until the, the last few seconds. I don't think you could relax at all. I think the moment you relaxed was uh, when Dynamis Louis stripped that ball right at the end there. And until the, and even then, I thought, yeah, okay, well, we can still drop it, you know. That was the moment I relaxed. That was It was a great moment for Raiders fans, wasn't it? It really was. It was a great <laughs> moment for Raiders fans, you know, because um, I'm a Raiders man, as you know, bloke. Yeah. Um, but you look, at the end of the day, that was great defence. And that's what won that match. It wasn't stellar attack. It wasn't, you know, like anything cohesive going forward. Um, it was the fact that the line just pretty much refused to yield. It's a t- and it's this. It's the just the character in the team now, mm. you know, and, and just the, the refusal to give in. And it, it's so true, you know. That would have been a game two, three, four years ago. We oh, yeah. would have lost for sure. That totally was a classic lost. game no that we would have got overrun in. And we've now found that resilience. And you look at some teams in the competition, most notably <clears throat> Broncos, they just give up. There's yeah. no way they, they hold on and keep those tries out because no. they don't believe in the team and they're not playing for the coach. And whatever people say about Ricky Stewart, and look, he's got a lot of critics and at times I've been one of them. You have. The team... He is thinks you're un- a wombat too. The team is united behind him. Doesn't know and why I hang out with you. The team, the team is united uh, behind him and they're playing... If you look at the Cambrades, you go, there is a team that plays for their coach. Mm, they do. Yeah. They do. Um, but superb defence. I think not highlighted by anything better than by Jordan Rapiner pulling Adam Reynolds back. Oh, he, was, he was literally over the line. <laughs> he, was he, he, he pulled him back and buried him. And, and it was it was really good. Um, I was very impressed with that. But it, look, it was a good win. I think we were the second best side on the field for most of the game. But well, we had, we had a lot less... Um, 
attack and possession, especially in that second half. But even when we did have it, it just wasn't coherent. It wasn't consistent. Well, Wayne Um, Bennett said our tries were lucky. I mean, they sort of, a couple of them were sort of lucky tries, but you know. Well, Sammy's try. Sammy's try was lucky. It was. It was a. Uh, it was. He a still deflection. had to catch it. <laughs> he had to catch it. He put it down. So that that was great. Um, I, and I do think there was two tries blown. And you know, I'm a big Ryan Sutton fan, but there was no need for him to run into Damien Cook on that first one. If he just runs past him, that is a try. No questions asked. Um, we we sort of that was. Do we have who's got a lift? Oh, okay. We've got because. Ryan Sutton was going to be my who's going to lift. Well, we'll get to that section when we get there. Because also then he sort of then he dropped the ball, you know, the strip one, and it's kind of he look he 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 took a lot of runs and he he, did a lot he, of he tried very hard. In fact, I think if there's any problem with the, with the rhino, um, is he tried a bit too hard? Yeah, because he ran into someone else again. It's yeah, like, and we got a penalty against us at that point too when we were in possession. It's like it just wasn't necessary. No, and I know what he was trying to do was muscle up and make sure he was an imposing presence on the field. But in that case, in two instances, he, he cost us a try. In 2020, you don't just when you run the decoy, you don't go charging into the, the defender. You've got I mean, go to go People have practiced it enough. They know what's required. And yeah. 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 Don't do it. Because that it was a great try that got disallowed because of that. Yeah. It was a really, really nicely done. And it was a beautiful pass from Dynamis Louie, more to the point. Um, and he's going to the, the great performance of that match. I, you, you can't go past Dynamis Louie. Um, his effort in attack and defense was brilliant. That strip at the very end was absolutely fantastic. But He's just he's he's performing to the top of his abilities right now, and it's well, really making a difference. Thing about him is, and as was pointed out in the press conference, maybe mm. we can play a clip at some point during the podcast. Um, he was like wasn't even on the extended bench yeah. a month ago. No, you know he was in Raiders purgatory. No, that was mentioned at the press I conference know. by someone. Yeah, uh, he was. That's what I'm saying. He was in Raiders purgatory, and as soon as he's you know injuries happened he's got his spot and he's just you know yeah, he's run with it put both foot well. forward and he's now he's really been last few weeks especially just such an essential oh, part of the team we, we don't win either match without him in my opinion uh, we don't win either match um, another play we don't win either match with um, either the Roosters or the Rabbitohs is Papa um, in that first half, particularly when the Rabbitohs were coming at them, every time they were getting the ascendancy, he rested it back simply by himself. He was smashing in both in attack and defence, and he was resting back the ascendancy. And that, that's the calibre of the player he's become. For a prop now, he's gone to match winner. And because he, when he opposes himself on the match, he's as big as the town Wallola when he imposed himself on the match. Different, but as imposing a figure yeah, on the field it was- as that. He versus Burgess, which I kind of... And Tom Burgess had a great match. Well, that's what I'm going to say. That was a really good... That's one of the things you love to see, and you really notice, I think, um, at a game, almost more than you do on TV, is when two props are really going going at each other. And that was 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 an even... Yeah, even contest that one a great contest and that's the best performance I've ever seen from Tom Burgess I've yeah. never seen him I've always thought him as the third wheel fourth you know third wheel fourth wheel he's not the on crap Luke. one the oldest one's the crap one Luke, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I've always of the three good ones I've always <laughs> seen him as the, as the lesser but that was uh, a performance worthy of either Sam or George that was really superb I was very impressed with him another person I was impressed with was Harley Smith Shields came on in the second half when he was necessary and not only didn't put a foot wrong Put a lot of feet right. No, look good. Good ball. Made all his tackles. Ran the ball up with vigor. Um, Great to see we do have a Canberran yeah. coming back into coming the back squad into the side, uh, as yeah, we're yeah. losing, notably I, losing Nick Kotrickwine. Uh, well, I'm sure that um, Canterbury and the Roosters will have their eye on Harley, you know, be offering him something fairly shortly. Wow. Um, Nick Kotrick, 
I thought, um, played in every position he was asked to, scored a good try. Well, that was, again, one of the ones when with the various reshuffles were mooted last week. We were like, why isn't Nick Kotrick going to right centre? Well, that's where he started the game. And then, mm. of course, again, there were further reshuffles yeah. throughout the game. But, yeah, he, he looked pretty good at right centre. And when he went over for that try, first try, it's one of those ones where... It's a bit like when Milford was on fire at the back yep. end of his Raiders career and you knew that he was going to the Broncos next year. It's kind of like, you're happy, but it's almost a bit of a... Yeah, it yeah, makes yeah. it a little bit sad inside. But look, and but uh, watching him before the match with the other players, there there's no there's no break between him and the other players. There there was definitely camaraderie between them. So. People did have noticed though, especially after the the Roosters game, that some of the body language between the coach and Nick, especially at that time, he didn't seem to be as warmly embracing young Nick as he was some of the other players. Few people picked up on that. Rick's all about buy-in. And, and it doesn't matter how good a coach he is and how much he knows that's a business and that's the way things go. I mean, let's not forget he himself went to the Bulldogs once upon a time. Forced out, different story. Yeah, very much. But, you know, I'm you know grasping at There is something that's going to hurt Rick and says, you know, like, you're buying out. You know, I, yeah. thought, I thought we had You're something off the bus, special. man. You're off the bus. I thought we had something special. And he knows he's going to play the season now. Um, Jordan Rappiner, who I talked about, played every position he could, played at 100 miles an hour, um, did a try-saving tackle. Um, he was really good. I'm looking at... I mean, we'll come to, I guess, the team for this week. But, yeah, you can put him anywhere, and he's going to go 100 million he's miles gonna have an hour. A go, yeah. He doesn't have the pace. You know, he's probably not as fast and as dynamic as he was four or five years ago. Yeah, but he's still just such a good football, and, he, and he reads the game really well. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and uh, if he has an opportunity to smash someone, he there. will. He'll take <laughs> it. Um, but there was something that came out of that match that made me a little bit annoyed, uh, Blake. In fact, you could say it grinds my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? And you know what grinds my gears about the match against the Rabbitohs? For God's sake, can someone please monitor the offside? That was. Diabolical. Well, I was in, in that second half, in the first and second half, yeah. the Rabbitohs were onside less frequently than they were offside. It was, and and you know, you've got two touch judge, one who's meant to be standing in line with the play the ball, and one who's meant to be standing in line with the defensive line to help out, you know, the referee. And at, at so many stages, they were both in line with the play the ball and not in line with the defensive play. And Souths were. You know, you're thinking, oh, they're getting off their line quickly. It's like, yeah, but their line is like three, four metres closer than it should be consistently all night. I don't know how loudly it came across on the TV because um, I haven't watched a replay of the game yet. But uh, being at the ground, believe me, the 1,200 people there were doing their absolute best to make it known to the referees that the Souths were offside the whole game. But uh, and we, we're got, calling we got for it. pilloried about it online, because, uh, you know, on the radio because we were, I was saying, you know, Ash Klein's keeping a good five metres here. And the comment came in, you know, surely the Raiders are offside. And I said, they are at points, but this is endemic from the Rabbitohs and it's yeah. not being policed. And it's very hard to get anything coherent going when the opposition's up. And yeah, there were like three crucial penalties given to the Raiders for offside, but there could have easily been another 10, Yeah, you know, and, and that would have really changed it. Now, as it turns out, you know, the Raiders got the win, but the offside, you know... We're talking about speeding the game up. We have the six again um, rule in there to do it. You know, no, keep the play going. Offside is the number one way. If you want a fast game, make the sides stay apart. Make the sides get more tired. Let the attacking side have a little bit more room to get something cohesive going. Offside is essential to it, you know. That 10-meter rule is essential to good, to good football. Anyway, it ground my gears. Really pissed me right off. 
Anyway, uh, was there anything that annoyed you, Blake? Is there anything that makes you want to go, on the burst? Uh, it's Look, it's not so much annoyed, but the thing that I noticed in that game and throughout the weekend is, and I'm a bit confused about is, what constitutes a knock-on mm. in 2020? Because mm. it seems to be very much open to interpretation, mm. uh, depending on the referee. Because Are you talking about there, the one that scooped out behind? Yes. So that got called a knock-on in every other game that I watched during the week. I'm okay with that one being, the South Sydney one being called a knockback, right? But if the Raiders do it, I guarantee you it's called a knock-on. Yeah. I, I Kaelin Ponga did one on the weekend, exactly the same, it's called a knock-on. I, it didn't, either it's one or the other. The ball didn't touch the ground in the replay, so it actually didn't, and when, so he's dropped it, but then he scooped it out behind him and it didn't touch the ground, right. and Klein has seen that. So right. I agreed with you until I saw the replay, and then I thought, but I agree, I think... In the in the modern game, a knock on has become a handling error. Yeah, and for the most part, unless it's so blatantly knocked back, it's not funny. If the ball hits the ground out of your hand, doesn't matter what direction you're going, it's called a knock on. I don't mind. Look, I don't mind which way, but I, again, yeah, you know, the number one thing fans want is consistency. Consistency. Yeah, we don't always get it. So we're up against the Cowboys this weekend, uh, Balako, and. Uh, some pretty big news, really, coming into that match in the fact that uh, John Bateman is back. He's back. He's straight back. straight into the second row. Into the second row. As I predicted. Not coming off the bench to play through the middle. Yeah. Corey Horianara will be there. Blake Stradamus predicted these things. They've turned out to nah, be the They case. probably weren't that hard to predict, really. Oh, but no, yeah, yeah, I mean, but you say hey, that now, but... It's... <laughs> they may end up... Uh, Corey Horianara and Bateman may end up sharing that role. Who knows? Time will tell. Uh, it's, um, it is. It is hard to tell what, what's going to actually um, happen with there. And I think they'll see how Bateman's going. If Bateman's struggling, then he'll come off. Put Corey Huerenara there. When otherwise Corey Huerenara will come through the middle and Bateman will stay. I think Bateman will play the eight minutes. He's just that sort of player. Uh, if there's anyone you back to come back from, you know, an something to play hundred percent. Yeah, I agree, and he'll be hundred percent. I was talking to uh, people at the Raiders before the match, and they were saying he was right to go and almost a chance to play last week yeah um they thought he could it was a matter of you know whether he thought he could um and they were also saying that uh Corey Herrera Naira um has been training pretty well in the time off maybe not as much fitness work but definitely a lot of um uh weights and so on so they're not too worried about uh him coming into the side and that shows by the fact that he's you know you know on the bench yeah straight I mean instantly the team you look at that team sheet and you throw those two guys in there and the team looks suddenly a whole lot better and your confidence level goes right up. Yeah, and yeah, even I mean, even Curtis Scott coming back into the team, you know, a few weeks ago, I was couldn't get him out of there fast enough and now it's like, actually, it's good to have him back in there. It is, it is. It's good to have those, those things. I was thinking that perhaps he was in the departure lounge in the sense that, you know, like that was it for him. Like, yeah. All, all the talk they were they were having of you know like infected arm and sort of stuff was and then there's well there's been talk these possibly going to the bulldogs and then during the week he's come out in social media saying it's all rubbish but I think we take those now those sort of responses from players coming out on social media and saying something's all rubbish we also take that with a grain of salt yeah, you know? yeah that's right that's right mind you I do hate the media commentators coming out and saying I told you it was going to happen and it happened and it's like yeah 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 pipe down pipe down sunshine um yeah because mostly they're you know I just, a lot of the people who are getting those things are getting them in in you know really obscure i, I don't like the way a lot of the the buzz oh, well, fields and the tony adams go about and, their, and their work and hooper and everything else well it's all that stuff the mole etc all that stuff 
comes from player managers. Mm. It all comes from player managers and the player managers are trying to push an agenda or agitate or whatever else it is. And that's the stuff that Ricky and Don have been saying they're so annoyed off, about. Yeah, yeah it's, it's the and way it's the culture I think they're trying to drive out of the club because yeah. if, if someone's going to do that, it's like, well, you're not going to be doing it here. Um, news for the Cowboys is that Maguire did get suspended last night, so he won't be playing. What do he do? Eye gouging again? One oh. week? That's that's how long he gets for eye gouging, isn't it? No, he gets nothing for eye oh, gouging. Right. No, this there was actually pulled an eye out of the socket, oh, right. um, so it's one week for that because um, he actually kept it yeah. rather than throwing into the crowd. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's out for this week, um, and and Jordan McLean is back into their front row. So they, you know, looking. That, Looking at that team, I don't know if we want to go through the team now. I would, except my phone is completely well, frozen up. I can give you my phone. But looking at the team, um, obviously their forward pack is looking still, even without Maguire, that's a pretty formidable pack. Well, any pack with Jason Town Malolo in it yeah, is pretty handy. So. Exactly. And and, and McLean's also obviously a very useful player. Big, big, big mobile yeah. prop. But um, he's been out for a while, so how fit he's going to be is anyone's question too. So. The... Looking at their, their team, though, the back line, there's a lot of unfamiliar names there for me. Yeah, uh, but it's, there, there's a fair bit in that. that when, I mean, when, I haven't really followed the... I'll be a full disclosure, I haven't followed the Cowboys closely this I, year. I, their new um, fullback, and I can't say his name properly, Tabao Fidale, I think. Um, he's good, and he's got a step off both feet. He's fast, and he wants to score tries, and you don't pay attention to him, he's going to do stuff. Kyle Felt, is, if he's not the leading try scorer in the league at the moment, he's bloody close to it. Yeah, he but does those he, crazy kickoffs as well. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's right. And they go high, and yeah. they go wide, and they, they come down. So it's the Pat Richards yeah. kickoff. Um, but he's also great in the air, and um, so they've been scoring a lot of tries to that. Justin O'Neill's in the centres. I think he's seen his better days, but if he's going to have a good match, you know it'll be against us. Um, I don't really know anything about Connolly Lamulu, who's in the other centre spot. That's what I'm saying. I haven't even heard of these days. And we've got uh, Murray Talagi on the other wing, who has a bit of toe on him. I've seen that. Um, we've got Arcee at um, six, who is good, whose credential has a decent kicking game, as does Jake Clifford in the number seven. So they've got a bit of a combination going now and a bit of an idea. Obviously, Josh Maguire's gone Jake, Jake Clifford's someone you'd, you'd run a bit of traffic at, though, wouldn't you? Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, like, you could say that about pretty much any half, really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's that's not diabolical on his part. Um, but um, we've got Josh McGuire out. I'm assuming Mitchell Dunn will come up off the bench into the forward pack um, in order to do that. But he's really a second rower rather than a prop. Um, Reese Robson is um, in the nine jumper with uh, Jake Granfield still out of favour. Um, Jordan McLean back in the 10. Shane Wright and Cohen Hess in the second row. I don't think that's the best second row I've ever seen in the history of, you know, the Cowboys for sure. But at the Cohen Hess looks like Dolph Lundgren plays like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... He's got a lot of good stuff to him, but when he was being played in the centres last year, it was just dreadful. Oh, really bad, wasn't it? Um, but, you know, then, you know, you've got Jason Taumalolo at the back of that pack, and the guy is just... A superstar, you know. Yeah, plays well against us too. I mean, he probably yeah. plays well against most clubs, but he really plays well against yeah. us. But in the match last year at Canberra Stadium, when they beat us in that match, that was our worst performance, I reckon, of last year. The key player in that that got them back into that match was Josh Maguire. Yeah, he really came in. He played a dirty game, but he played a dirty and hard game. That was one of the games when John Bateman was out injured last year, and last yeah. year we couldn't win without John Bateman. So maybe you know, swings around about a bit of a talismatic factor that. Bateman comes in this week. I'm I'm guessing that um, 
Dunn is going to come off the bench to replace Maguire, and John Asiata will come off the extended bench um, yeah. to replace uh, to go onto that list. For us, we're starting um, with Louis, Havili, and Papali at the front, which is looking pretty good. We've got Whitehead and Bateman in the second row, which looks fantastic. Yeah. And we've gone with Hudson Young instead of Tarpanay at lock. I like it. Yeah, okay. Because well, I think Tarpanay's um, impact when he's been coming off the bench, mm. when Papali goes off, it's, yeah. been, it's been huge. It's been huge, and I think that you don't, we don't lose as much with Papali off the field yeah. if when you have fresh Tarpany yeah, coming and, on. And, well, that's what he's consistently been doing. Kai O'Donnell misses out, and he's been doing a great, serviceable job. He's just been doing 20, 25 minutes, but it's not even. Good. I think he did fifteen against the Rabbits, but anyway. Yeah, I think they need a little bit, a little bit more impetus and and, and rush Tarpany on there. Um, George Williams and Jack White in the halves. Um, Curtis Scott back at four with Croker in three. We got Semi Valemi in uh, on one wing, Kotrick on the other. Rapin are going to fullback where yeah, I like pretty it. good I like it uh, the I also ben- just think his talk will be really good at fullback and yeah. his leadership he's such a influential he's senior member of the, I mean he's been around as yeah. in the team as long as anyone really and, and as um, as uh, Elliot Whitehead said to me the other day when I said with um, a C.S. Oliola he was now the oldest man he said actually Jordan Rappin beats me by a month so <laughs> you know I hadn't thought about that yeah. but he does so you got the, the bench of Tom Starlin, Starling, Jay Tarpanay, Ryan Sutton, and Corey Hawira Naira making his hey. Raiders debut. Who's going to award him his jumper is the big question. Maybe it'll be Steve Jackson. He's up at Mackayway. Maybe he'll come up and give him the jumper. Oh, that'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think that's a good one. Actually, I, I might I might send that message to Rick and say, get Steve Jackson up there to give him the, the jersey. That'd, yeah, that'd be, be awesome. One. I think Jacko would definitely appreciate that one. Um, but uh, it's going to be 23 degrees. So Nigel Ashley-Jones has been having them uh, train in their coats and run around, which is probably fairly good. The match is at 5.30, and from what I've been looking at from the Townsville weather, the temperature won't drop off, but really 22, 23 ain't that bad. No. We played it much worse up there. Um, But now we get to the segment that everybody looks forward to, the extended bench. He's on the extended bench. And this week we have an extended bench for the Raiders of Sammy Williams, Harley Smith-Shield, Kai O'Donnell, and Matt Frawley, which is pretty handy, I think you'll agree. Um... A lot, of, a lot of local flavour to that bench. There is. The extended bench, of course, for the Cowboys will be affected by one of them being promoted. But at the moment, it's got Josh, uh, John ha- uh, Asiata. We've got uh, Ben Hampton. Um, we've got Isan Masters. And we've got Jake Granville on the bench. And you know of... what? I'm going to have to give the extended bench on this one to the Cowboys because there's a lot of first-grade matches on the extended there's bench. A lot of, there's a lot of salary cap on that bench. There is. There is. And and um, I'm not, who is coaching the Cowboys at the moment? It is. Um, Ricky's old mate, the uh, former player of the Gomea Gorillas, yeah. Josh Hannay. Is that right? Do you know the, do you know the Gomea Gorillas story? No. I when do Ricky not. took over uh, at the Cronulla Sharks, Josh Hannay was was in the team, and he was in he was a uh, current Queensland state of origin player on big money. Yeah. And Ricky didn't want a bar of him, and banished him. Wouldn't even let him train or play with reserve grade. This is sort of like. The prelude to the um, to the overhead projector wouldn't even let him play or train with the reserve grade. Banished him to the Gaimer Gorillas, who were in the local Cronulla comp. Right, right. So there's no love lost between those two. No, right. Okay. Well, yeah. That that's a very interesting position to be coming in for for this. Um, the word I had heard out of two people who played rugby league in the lower grades up in Townsville, you know, in the local competition, was their opinion of Josh Hannay when he was up there was exceptionally low. Didn't he? Because there was the other Josh Hannay story. Was the somehow he he went up when Ben Barber was up there sometime, 
he ended up with a street brawl with Ben Barber. He went up to say hello, and it, things got ugly real fast. And there was a there was I, a punch on. I, I, it's only anecdotal from people who's you know you know what you know only got one side. We're of the not story. here to slander. We're not <laughs> here to slander. But, but I had not heard good things about him and his character. You know, people liking him very much. But uh, yeah, that'll make it allegedly people don't like him. Yeah, well, because yeah, yeah allegedly right. a lot of people don't like Ricky Stewart either. So Alleg- no, that's not alleged. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so but where there are reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful, part three. One, and obviously the number one reason to be cheerful is John Bateman being back. You know, he might be going at the end of the season, but you know he's going to give 100%. You know he is. He, this is not a bloke who does anything except 100%. So that's going to cause all manner of trouble. For, I know. Um, it's exciting. It's, it's, it's really exciting to have him back. The, another reason to be cheerful is CNK's injury is nowhere near as bad as it looked when he was coming off the field. But I thought he busted his forearm the way he was holding it. Um, and uh, yeah. apparently the surgery went exceptionally well. And while he wasn't going to make it for this week, he may make it for next week. I would suspect it won't be till the week after, which is when we've got uh, the Brisbane Broncos. Someone I've heard about someone that had a similar injury recently, and they were back in yeah, a week. Which yeah, because when it happened at the time, and he was, we were speculating. Yeah, he I was in all sorts of pain. I thought it was season. I, I thought he, I thought he'd broken his arm. Yeah, the way he came off. He the looked field. like he was holding his wrist, but of course he was just holding his. But I didn't see it on TV. I was at the ground. Yeah. But it was good to be at the ground, and um, an observation of being at the ground. Somehow it seemed less weird because that was the second against the Dragons one. It seemed super weird. Maybe I'm just used to just being in the ground with with not as many people. The other interesting one was the first game I went to the Dragons one. When you walked into the ground, they had the um, announcement about sort of the various entry conditions and yeah, procedures, yeah. And, everything. and it was um, this like automated robot voice, mm-hmm. which made the whole experience really sort of weird, creepy, and dystopian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard but, that. But <laughs> they've re-recorded it now, the same message, but yeah. with Cam Sullings reading the same message. It was a lot more warm and personal. Yeah. So, and Cam is warm and personal. <laughs> he is a warm and personal man. So it was, it was um, good now, to see. One thing I will tell you is um, people going to the match. Um, I thought I'd throw my weight in um, when I went to get my, my dinner pre-match uh, with the salt and pepper calamari. Can I please advise all you people out there against that? It was literally six blobs that you would get in one of those, you know, um, freezer packs. Um, there was nothing to it whatsoever. Stay away from the salt and pepper calamari. Well, it's all just, it's all just like something that's frozen that's chucked in the deep fryer. I don't even... Um, yeah, whatever. Many years ago, we ran... It wasn't a, good. Many years ago, we ran a music festival at... Um, at the Canberra race course and the guy that did the catering out there informed me they said there's no way we can possibly um, run our food you see these two huge containers he said that it's filled with like various frozen chips you know sausage rolls whatever else and he said I just chuck it in the deep fryer we'll never run out we've got enough to last years worth out there so that's probably a similar setup out there uh, yeah, but uh, go for something else. It wasn't a big quantity. The chips were actually pretty good, people. But the stay away was... from the junk food pork. That's my advice. Because as we we're about to do this um, this show, you got some sort of DM on your phone. I saw from Hungry Jacks. What was that about? This well, a special offer. The baconator. <laughs> the baconator's out there, people. And um, there's lots of bacon on a burger. And you know what? The pork likes his bacon. You know. And that, that's just the way it is. Now, one of the last reasons to be cheerful is I have very on very good authority that one Sia Soliola is not just back in training, but expected to be back in not too distant future. Really? Really. Maybe he can wear one of those, you know, in soccer players when they have a busted face. I don't know how those, he's like, going to do masks. it, but I have it on exceptionally good authority that he's back training and he will be back this year un, with un, no uncertain terms. I was also informed that while uh, Corey Horsburgh is a while off, it ain't the season, he will be back. Yeah, right. And that Emre Gula's uh, broken leg is coming along exceptionally well. 
So there's, there's some something reason, in the water. There's some reasons <laughs> to be cheerful there. They're not all written off. Hi, Alan Sung here, former Canberra Raiders captain. And you know what? I don't really listen to podcasts, but if I did, I'd probably listen to the third most popular Canberra Raiders one, Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. Now, you've got a Listener of the Week for us this week, I believe, Blarko. So, Listener of the Week this week, we're not actually going to, well, we're not going to highlight an individual Listener of the Week. We, this one goes out to an entire nation of listeners. All right. And this is the people of PNG. Because I think the fans of PNG are some of the most dedicated oh, dead and passionate uh, and loyal Camberators fans that yep. you will come across. Uh, look, and they're constantly up on the greenhouse post on Facebook and, and on the actual site itself. That's what I mean. We get, we've get we been getting a few uh, messages from various PNG fans and they're all just, oh, I'm just diehard Raiders fan. I love yep. the Raiders. And, yeah, yeah. You know, there's, 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 they all have one wish too. And that wish is to one day they would love to come to Canberra and see the Raiders play and I had this concept right and it's probably not going to happen in 2020 it's definitely not going to happen in 2020 2020, and it may not even happen in 2021 but how good would it be if the show were to crowdfund a fan from the PNG to come over to visit the Raiders see the Raiders go to training how good would that be? That would be inspirational stuff it would be exceptional if we just got like maybe a couple hundred Raiders fans chuck in 20 bucks each or a crowdfunding thing. I'm sure the club would get behind it. I'm as, sure Ricky as would As long as we brought it. them down for the coldest match of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Just to show them what it's really like to bleed green, people. It oozes out slowly in those so, cold so, so conditions. So stay, stay tuned, because this, this is a work in progress. We're going to get this happening. Look, so how do you see the, the match against the Cowboys on Saturday evening, 5.30, um, playing out? I think we're going to win. Where do you th- And I think we're going to win well. Do you? Yeah. Um, I think we got more. Although they were very good in their last game, they were very good in that game. Um, they they lost to, albeit a slightly undermanned, um, manly side. Um, I don't think they were ever out of it, and I think they showed a fair bit in attack. Yeah. And while the game plan was fairly simple, there's nothing wrong with a simple game plan. And you know what? At the end of the day, they got Jason Malolo and he takes some tackling people. You know, he can cause the sort of carnage that, um, you know. Can you actually recover from the carnage that he he puts on? You know, he he's that many times treated the best Raiders defenders like nine pins. It's interesting, isn't it? Because you often you kind of see he and Josh Papali sort of come up around the same time, and yeah, yeah there's comparisons and there's huge differences. Mm. Everything else, Tamalolo is almost a bit too much though of a one man show, and I don't know if he integrates as well with the rest of the team and the player of the rest of the team as yeah. Papali. I think that's where Papali's a bit more of a footballer. Whereas I think, I think they're both talisman. I, I think they're both in that regard. Now, Papali's got a bit of a combination with Josh Hodgson. Yeah. They've got their plays, obviously not for the rest of this season, but they've got their plays that they work where Josh goes, I'm going to go here, you know, go there, Josh, and I'll do that. Um, I think Tom Lolo had those combinations with Thurston and with Morgan, but they're not playing. Yeah. And I think he's had a little bit of stuff with Granville, but he's not playing either. Yeah. You know what, though? What I'm saying is I wouldn't trade. As good as Tom Lolo is, I wouldn't trade him for Papali. No. Most people would, but I wouldn't. No, I absolutely wouldn't either. I, 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 you know, if I'm choosing between the two, I'm keeping them. Um, it is notable, though, that, you know, the last time a big score was put out, you know, between one side or the other, we have scored 30 points against them twice in the last three encounters. Having said that, the last time we only did 16. Um, They've the, been a lot easier to beat uh, post JT though, for us. Yeah, I, mean, I know that yeah, they yeah, still. Yeah. I know we still lost to them. That was that heartbreaking one when um, 
yeah. when Morgan ran right. And that was the start yeah. of their run, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And it was, was the, the start the end, of their run in It was the end of our run. <laughs> it was the end of ours and it was the start of theirs. But, you know, they, they haven't won a match for a fair while now and they've had a few big scores put up against. And the last time they won was up north against Newcastle, though. Now, that was a match that Newcastle was expected to win easily and they ended up running out 32-20 winners with Newcastle scoring the last three tries to yeah. make that, that respectable. Um, that is the sort of performance they can put on. And when you actually look at who they had on the field that week, it was McLean, Robson, Maguire in the front row, Hessen Wright in the second row, Tal Malolo, Clifford, Drinkwater, Masters O'Neill, Felt, Opechik, um, the same fullback we've got now, two by Fidow, Molo, Hampton, Cooper and Hollis. So it isn't that much different. And the, the Newcastle side that was there was Siafidi, McCulloch, Clemmer, Matautia, Fitzgibbon, Glasby, Pierce, Mann, Shibasaki, Tuala, Lee, Hunt, Ponga. You know, so Safiti, SAS, Anguera in the back thing, and Tex Hoy. Newcastle have been very up and down, though. And, you that know, this is their best side, and yeah, they yeah, account but for they've them. Been, they've, but they've been very up and down. And they've been, you know, playing well against a team like us. Obviously, they're really up for that game. Yeah. And now they've dropped a couple of, you know, the They've Bulldogs got a few line. injuries. That's, that's not the point. But that was their best side when they are expected to win it, and the Cowboys absolutely thumped them. But and I think that's, that's the Knights. Happen again. I think the Knights' problem is that they're. You know, there's talk of the egos and everything else. They're getting a bit ahead of themselves. Maybe, maybe. But, you know, they're just... Yeah, it, it's... The only other win that, that they've had, right? So they lost at home to the Broncos at the beginning where we know the Broncos were in all sorts of dire straits. They've beaten the Bulldogs um, and they've beaten the Gold Coast and they've beaten Newcastle. Those but the Broncos, the Broncos pre-COVID could play. They won their first two games pre-COVID. Yeah, sort of. But all of their other all of their other wins, you know, they've gone down to Sydney and they've been thumped, and they were thumped by the Roosters. They've got there. a terrible record in Sydney. Yeah, they, they do always now. have. They always but have. But you can expect they're going to make a good account of themselves, and they'll want these points, especially if Josh Hannay stuff's there coming through. Um, you know, but who's got a lift? Who? Well, I think it's Curtis Scott. I think he has to come out and and show people that he's got what it takes, and this is his match to do it. Undoubtedly, the pressure's on. I mean. You know, he didn't look too bad pre-shutdown um, the first couple of games. And then no. since then, like the Brisbane Broncos, he's been absolutely awful. Uh, you do wonder, of course, how much the court case stuff, yeah. you know, looming, how, how much that I heard him. is that's gone. Well, it's, it's gone. It's been dropped. It's no longer an issue. It's not being followed up anymore. Like, that's off the agenda. The court case is gone. Is the word I'd heard. I, How I recently did you hear that? Last weekend. I, I haven't had that. Because I haven't seen it in any press. Apparently, it's no longer listed. I've seen this that. Is, in, this, in, this, this is what I've heard. It's no longer listed coming through there. So, you know, maybe that that's a, a, a great thing. You know him. what? You know, we've seen before when a player has something pretty seriously bad looming over them. Do you ever remember um, Shandor Earl's last game for the Raiders when it was pretty clear that he was about to, Sato was about to come knocking? on his door because there was the whole thing that there was Canberra Raiders were linked but only through their link to Penrith so it didn't take yeah. Einstein to work out that it was Sandor was the man that was in trouble his last game before um, he got pulled by Asada was absolutely shocking and it kind of reminds me of Curtis Scott a bit in that if you've got something really you're worried about off the field well it can really affect your on-field performance as well so the word if, I have is well, that matter's gone if that's the case fantastic um, the other person I'd say has got a lift we mentioned Ryan Sutton before yeah. come on Ryan you, you're doing you're doing such good work your don't effort undo is it. so good yeah, it's great to see you back don't undo it with some stupid plays yeah 
And the other one who's got a lift, and it's specifically in one area, Jack Whiten. I mean, in your time watching rugby league, a very, very long time, Pork, myself, almost as long, mm-hmm. uh, can you ever recall a player who as regularly and consistently kicked the ball out in the full with Jack Whiten? Because I honestly can't think of anyone remotely coming close. He's pretty much good for it once a game at the moment, and it's just, you know, they're such... Yeah, but when he gets the kicks right... I know, but when he gets it, them is wrong, a high, it is a high risk factor. But when he does that long kick that ends up in the end goal, it's brilliant. When he gets his forward to 20s, it's brilliant. I was a bit annoyed with him not finding touch early in the match from that penalty, yeah. um, which is sort of ironic when you're talking about out in the fall. I, I, I would like to see that improve, but look, it's a risk for reward with his kicking. It, it's big and it's long, and that's why he's doing that kicking. Um, and it is interesting. When you kick it out in the fall, though, it's such... A momentum shift, you know. Yeah. Oh, and you saw Damien Cook was every time he was doing it, Damien Cook was running through and making sure he was put down. Yeah. Um, and I think there has to be something where there is an obstruction run for him, you know, where the ball's passed back to him to kick and there are players, enough players in front that the person can't get through yeah. and bring him down to the point that by the time they do get him, if they do bring him down... It's a penalty. It's a penalty. And yeah. he can still take off and chase that 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 hard, but there's there's enough of a, a cover because, you know, that that's a definite weapon in our arsenal. Um, so, what's your Blake Stradamus for this week? What are your predictions? I, Mr. I, 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 said, I right. said we're not doing this segment this week. You're not. We're no. not doing it. I, I, I'm, I'm predicting that the Raiders will get away with a narrow victory this weekend in Townsville with John Bateman being sensational. What's your view? It's, it's definitely going to happen. Good. A couple Good. of things we haven't mentioned as well before we go. Okay. The referee, big talking point, the referee for the, this the game this week. Ben, ben Cummins. Six again Cummins. Yeah. Uh, it was only a matter of time before he would end up refing one of our games, but it's no surprise that it's not taking place in Ben's, in fact, Ben's hometown, hometown. of Canberra. Of Canberra. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, I think we'd see scenes if he was refereeing, even if there was only 1,200 people at the game, I think we'd see scenes reminiscent of the time that um, the Melbourne Storm came to Canberra post-salary cap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, was, yeah. which was a wild night. Yeah, it was, and they was, beat us, as you recall. That was yeah. a bit unfortunate, but they beat us. Um, a big weekend, though. We, two points here, and especially with Newcastle losing and losing all the players they've done, two points here for the Raiders, pushes them into the point, you know, with 12 matches gone, um, with eight still to go, of having 16 points. And it's very difficult to see, you know, if the West Tigers lose, and I don't think South Sydney will, but one of them lose. It's very difficult to see them with a win this weekend actually missing the finals. Not no, that... no, we're still chasing the top four. That's like, right, because but this is the sort of thing, is get the finals locked in first. We've got nine games to go. Only three of the nine next nine games are against teams in the top eight. Yeah. And one of those teams in the top eight is the Sharks, who are only just, you know, just yeah. on the very yeah. bottom of the eight. So we've got a lot of winnable games coming up, and yeah. this is definitely one of them, and this is one we really need to bank. We have I to win given this up on the next week we've got Penrith. Yeah. And that's... Getting two points in that would be absolutely huge, because one, it would bridge, you know, they, they've got a, a five-point gap we've on got, us right now. We've got Penrith, and we've got the Roosters... Yeah. At home, the, the toughest of assignment of those looks to be Penrith away. At the the Roosters at yeah. home is still, you know, very much a fifty-fifty. Well, they got Butcher back now, so and that's made them look a whole heap better. But it's very got, much fifty-fifty. We've but got this Penrith, game, we, then we've we got the win. Broncos at home, then we've got the Gold Coast away, then the Bulldogs at home, then the Roosters at home, St George away, 
uh, St. George Illawarra away, uh, Warriors at home, and then finally going away to uh, Cronulla for the last round, which hopefully will be a good testing match going into the finals. But, you know, with all the injuries, with everything that's gone wrong, you know, two matches won in a row has has, has got us back on track to a large extent. Winning this weekend um, will put us in a much better frame, and I'm certainly hoping we'll do it. That's my view. Definitely. Before we go, one other bit of news. Ryan James. Oh, Ryan James. Next season. Great signing. Big, big sign. Great, fantastic player. He's been out for a long time. He's had a couple of knee injuries. Apparently, he's got to come down and do a medical before he actually yeah. signs the form. But um, look, word is he's coming here uh, for, yeah. for a lot less than he's currently on two. Because, and this is probably a bit of a lesson to a Nick Kotrick, you know, and, and it depends. He's obviously at a very different stage of his career, yeah. being 29 than Nick Kotrick. But um, at a certain point, money isn't everything. Yeah. And if you're Ryan James, he's going, I've only got a couple more years left in the game, potentially. Yeah. You know, I want to go to a team where I see myself as a realistic chance of winning a premiership. Yeah. And how great is it that we're now one of those teams? Yeah. That a player like him, apparently... We weren't the only team that was interested. The Roosters and Storm were interested as well. He's chosen to come to the Raiders. So that's a real um, testament to the squad, yeah. the organisation, the leadership, and um, where we're going. And also, you know, we've had a few players leave, Bateman, Kotrick, but it's been some good recruitment coming in the other yeah, direction. Totally and, and, you know, and Ryan James are great. And I can report, and I know I've been bagged out about liking every single opposition player I ever meet, and that's not true. I don't. There are some that I, I wouldn't... Only the ones that suck up to you. I wouldn't feed. No, but Ryan James is one of the ones I've been impressed Best with. Best bloke every you've met time. since Cherry Evans. Oh, he's not as good as Cherry Evans. You just got to meet daily Cherry Evans to understand why he's good value. He is good value. Same with Josh Reynolds. I know you all hate him on the no, field. I, like Josh I hate him on the field too. I like but Josh, Josh Reynolds off the field is awesome. Oh, look, Ryan James, I absolutely hate it because um, I think he's a grub. But if he's our grub, I'll learn to love him. He's a good player and he's a really good bloke off the field. You know, and He's good value. Anyway, you have been listening to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork, the third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet. Still Still third. We're still claiming third. We're going to claim it. We're going to claim it. Um, I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And we'll talk to you soon. Blake and the Pork. Blake and the Pork.